This is episode 406 of the AWS podcast, released on November 8, 2020. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Lesher here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by Ben Butler, who heads up the Cloud Innovation Centers globally for us at Amazon and is here to tell us all about them. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thank you, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you on the podcast. So we're going to talk about something really interesting that probably a lot of listeners don't know about, but actually may be able to either be a part of or take advantage of. Let's talk about KICS, which is the Cloud Innovation Center, KICS for short. What is the program? And who's the customer for the program? Yes, thank you, Simon. So the AWS Cloud Innovation Center, CIC KIC program, empowers public sector organizations to create and quickly test new ideas with Amazon's innovation methodology called Working Backwards. We are on a mission to accelerate public sector innovation and solve problems that impact communities around the world. The program includes a global network of KICs, that brings together students, researchers, and the technology expertise of AWS to collaborate and solve problems public sector organizations face. Most KICs are hosted and led by universities and supported by AWS team members on site, including a solutions architect, a digital innovation lead, and a program manager to work side by side with team members and students from the university. This collaborative environment gives students the opportunity to engage in project-based learning where they not only develop technical skills, but they can also apply them in ways that have direct impact on improving how public sector organizations operate and also serve the community. Any public sector organization, including nonprofits, government agencies, healthcare organizations, and those in education who are facing a challenge can apply to have a challenge to work at the kick and identify new approaches to problems and leverage leading edge technology such as AWS and explore opportunities to better deliver on their mission. And so where did this idea come from? Because it's a little different. As with many of these ideas, they come from unusual context. So how did this one come about? Well, we also worked backwards from our customers. We used our own process in developing the program, but the start of the KIC program is really connected to one of our core leadership principles, customer obsession. We have often heard from customers asking for guidance, not only around how to use AWS and the technology, but how could they also drive more innovation in their culture and in their organizations, taking the lessons learned from what we've done when they listen to our Amazon Culture of Innovation talk. And as we heard this more and more frequently, our team at AWS began to explore the question, what if we opened up Amazon's innovation methodology for any public sector entity to test and pursue new ideas. The public sector has hundreds of thousands of people who are dedicated to missions that are critical for our society. As people have new ideas about how to improve, adapt and innovate, there are often processes and systems that make it really hard for them to put those ideas into action. This is especially true with legacy technical infrastructures that are rigid and common in the public sector. Legacy systems just don't hold teams back today, but they actively build that technical debt that make it hard for organizations to innovate and operate with the agility in the future. And public sector organizations provide essential services. They add tremendous value to people in so many ways 
And there are hundreds of thousands of people in these organizations that are just dedicated to these missions that are critical to our society. And we wanted to figure out ways where we can try to help them. And so what we did is we listened to our customers. We wanted to do something to help these dedicated professionals in the public sector. And we designed this program with customers to help them remove barriers for organizations. And they didn't want necessarily a cloud to just be the back office. They also want it to be as a way for them to innovate and the reason why they are being more agile in how they're serving their customers. So we, as we built this program, we thought we could also, as we worked with universities, help contribute to developing that next generation of talent where students are now entering the workforce with hands-on experience, what we call learn by doing. We got that from Cal Poly, which is our first kick that we have in San Luis Obispo, California, and doing that learn by doing approach to build solutions to real world problems in the public sector. Yeah, I think that hands-on part is, is really exciting. And how many kicks do we currently have and where are they? We have eight kicks around the world today. Most of them launched last year. So it's a relatively new program. As I stated before, Cal Poly was our first one that we announced in 2017. We started working on challenges in the beginning of 2018. And then we started building out more kicks. And we have one at Arizona State University that's called the Smart City Cloud Innovation Center. The Cal Poly one is called the Digital Transformation Hub or the DX Hub. We have one in Vancouver, which I'll talk about a little bit later, and that's the UBC Community Health and Wellbeing Kick. But we also have them around the world, not just in North America. We have one in Busan, in Munich, Berlin, in Paris, Sciences Po School of Public Innovation Lab, that one in France. And we also have one in Swinburne University, the data for social good. And that's in your backyard, Simon. And we also plan on opening up a few more. COVID has delayed some of the openings, but we're working on setting those up and doing digital virtual challenges. But we have another one that we're building out in Melbourne at RMIT University focused on cybersecurity called the Cyber Ready Kick. And then we're having two built in Manama. One's called the Emerging Digital Applications Lab at Bahrain Polytechnic. And the University of Bahrain kick, both in Manama, Bahrain. Amazing. And so let's talk about some of those challenge sponsors and, and what kind of challenges they set and what, what do they need to get done? Challenge sponsors, you know, so a kick sponsor, just to make sure if I say that, make it clear, a kick sponsor is Cal Poly or Arizona State University or RMIT University. So they actually host the innovation center. So it's a physical space in addition to the program. And then challenge sponsors are those public sector organizations that want to work with the kick on a problem that they have, which we call an innovation challenge. And it can include a wide variety of organizations. Challenge sponsors could be nonprofit profits, government agencies, law enforcement, healthcare, other academic institutions. And, you know, what they want to do is they bring their pain point. So, you know, the typical pain point for these organizations hits to the core reason why we created this program. Innovation doesn't happen because every single idea is successful. What we believe is innovation happens because there's an opportunity to explore a lot of different ideas and to go through a rapid iterative uh, pace of innovation to to test out those ideas. But not all organizations have that culture to encourage their teams to test those ideas or have that patience or the tolerance for risk and failure. And so people can face consequences of trying something new that may not work initially, but that's a natural part of innovation. And so we wanted to create a center and a program to enable that. And so what we found is we have 
team members that have expertise and our challenge sponsors, they have clear visibility to the actual problem they provide the subject domain expertise. And so they come to the table with the knowledge about the issue. They can provide the details and the background. And what we try to do is do a facilitation with design thinking and a human-centered approach to experiment where there's not that pressure to have every single idea succeed. So we tried to diverge with ideas and then converge on a single one, but give them that space to innovate. And so we provide some digital innovation expertise, technologists, and then we then mix it up with the brilliant people from the universities and the students. They're amazing. I love seeing the students at each of the kicks. They're very passionate about making a difference and they bring their skill sets to the table as well. And so let me give you an example of a challenge sponsor. One is the Iowa City Police Department. And they recognize that most police officers, they have to use the laptops and their computers that sometimes require a trackpad or a keyboard to type in license plates. So the Cal Poly Digital Transformation Hub create a voice activated technology where they just spell out the phonetic letters of the license plate and it does the rapid access to important information to the computer-aided dispatch systems. So that's an example. And, you know, the KIC team included the students. The students worked on the prototype. They worked with Amazon Transcribe to automatically recognize that speech and turn those audio conversations into text. And then they created this voice-activated license search uh, solution, uh, which improves safety for the officers and for the community. So it's a fascinating to kind of see how the KICs can work on these types of challenges. And, you know, the police department, they had the challenge. They provided expertise, the use cases and the problem set of which then our team collectively could work together between Cal Poly, DX Hub team, and the AWS Kick team. I think it's really interesting. There's a few key elements there. One is that, you know, we, we know that innovation requires the, the room to fail and the permission to fail and that, that often corporate structures don't let you do that. So this kind of is a very explicit thing of saying we're trying something, we don't know if it's going to work or not, but we're happy to try and the other thing I think is that that great learning opportunity from the students where they're getting their access to real world problems that they could see in production. We essentially give them a sandbox, an intellectual sandbox. We have a process, we have the tools. You know, there's a inherent belief we could prototype many things on AWS. So we actually don't even come in with the technology. We come in, what is the problem set? Let's ideate on, on that customer, be really deep with that. And that's where design thinking comes in. We do empathy maps and we do the customer journey. And so we think about their thoughts, their feelings, their goals, their tasks, their pain points. What do they say versus what do they act on versus what do they think and feel? And we really try to dive deep. That's why we need those subject domain experts in there. And the students get to see all of this. We're not necessarily get that through a traditional learning environment in a lab or in a lecture. And what are the specific criteria for selecting the challenge sponsors themselves? For the criteria for the selecting the challenge sponsors is, are they willing to be open source? So I didn't mention that before, but we want to see if we can share the work openly. We believe innovation in the public sector should be innovation for all. So that's one of the important things that we try to do is making sure that the customer is willing to open source the work that we're doing. And that they're committed on solving that problem. They're providing the resources on their end. So we don't charge a cost for our services. So the challenge sponsor doesn't have to pay a fee to have their innovation challenge done at a kick. But 
we want to see a good faith commitment that they're going to attend the workshops, they're going to follow up on the work that's needed, they're going to participate, be a subject domain expertise, provide feedback. And so, you know, while every kick is different and each kick may select a challenge a little bit differently than others based on their innovation focus area. So, for instance, ASU is focused on smart cities, Arizona State University. And the University of British Columbia is focused on community health and well-being. So they may bias some of their challenge selection to those types of themes. So a smart city-related challenge or a healthcare-related challenge. But we also want to see them think big, you know, not just creating another website, for instance, but we want to see them trying to solve a societal problem that we think is meaty and that we would want to share openly, right? So we think that the most important thing that kicks look for as they evaluate new challenges to work on for those public sector organizations is understanding the level of commitment of that challenge sponsor in wanting to solve their own challenge. So it is an open space and we're ideating and all of that, but it is a partnership between the kick team as well as the challenge sponsor. So yeah, yeah, you, you can't just throw it over the fence. You got you got to really work together to make it work. Yes, we provide the learning opportunity, but they have to own the success in the on their end as well. And that's the real commitment versus like charging for a cloud or we're not charging fees for services for doing that. And what we found is, you know, we find a lot of challenge sponsors that are are really dedicated and it's really inspiring to see that. And we we wish we could help all of them. You know, I think Cal Poly, you know, in the early days, we were trying to get the first couple of challenges. So we would take any challenge, but now there's over 80 constantly in the pipeline. And, you know, some cities have asked for uh, uh, like a reservation. It's kind of funny, you know, <laughs> hey, I want to do five challenges in the next year. I'm like, oh, we got we to gotta take each one on their own merit, which is great because we, we want to try to help as many as we can. And and we're looking and trying to innovate ways to scale that uh, so we can try to do those more and more. And what about post-prototype? So let's say a challenge sponsor has, has done the prototype and gone, this is, this is great, this is what we want, and they want it to be more widespreadly used. How do they move forward that way? Yes. Uh, the first thing I would just want to say, there is not an obligation or expectation to build on AWS directly. We hope we hope we earn the trust and we show through the prototyping that the cloud is a platform for that disruptive innovation that they're seeking. But ultimately, the challenge sponsors will decide what will best support the solution that they're creating. But part of that commitment that we're looking for, you know, as we talked about previously, we want them to want to solve their problem. It's not just a good idea that I might have, but I actually have a real problem that I'm trying to solve. And we will try to provide prototypes and ideas to solve that challenge. And if we do, then we can provide a lot of different ways. So say we build a prototype, they're very interested in it. You know, one of the things we do during that prototype phase is we provide the kicks with AWS promotional credits for the challenges. So we make sure cost isn't the reason why they're not building out a prototype. So to the challenge sponsor, there's no cost even for the cloud. Even if it was a data lake or a machine learning exercise, one example is, would be one of the University of British Columbia COVID-related challenges. It's a big high-performance computing workload. We provided the credits for that because it was a validated and approved challenge that they were committed to solving. So we take that cost out. But, you know, 
say there's a production opportunity or taking it to a solution deployment, we can facilitate introductions to support that project. We can help the actual challenge sponsor and their technical team if they have one through our training and certification program. We can provide connections to our AWS ProServe or internal prototyping teams. We have a big library, I guess, of saying of technical partners within the AWS partner network of consulting partners. Or if, depending on the challenge, we could even provide a connection to any other group or program within Amazon who might be able to help. So what we try to do is help public sector organizations find the right path forward once the challenge engagement process concludes. And when we say conclude, we've developed a prototype, we published it open source on the KIC website, and we're socializing it throughout our networks and, and our customers' networks. But the prototype is not a full production solution, so I want to make sure that I make that clear. We don't have expectations that the students are building full productions, but prototypes that test out the idea. And so we will provide the technology expertise and support the success of the vision of those challenge sponsors, those public sector organizations, once they decide they want to move forward with a prototype to a solution. You mentioned a, a couple of challenges. Give us a taste of maybe, maybe another one. And also if there's anything related to some of the, the global problems we're facing, things like COVID-19 and and others that are really looking to make a difference. No, that's great. Yeah, I think another interesting challenge was the city of Santa Monica trying to roll out electric scooters and governing them. But like many cities, they found it very challenging to keep e-scooters off the sidewalks when they should be on the road. And they've been working hard to implement safety measures for these e-scooters because some of those riders are not exactly following the traffic laws. And so they approached the uh, Cal Poly DX Hub to explore how this digital technology and innovation could work to improve their efforts to keep people safe who are on the scooters and who are the pedestrians, you know, having the scooters whiz by them. And so we did a couple things. We hacked a scooter, we streamed the data into the cloud, into Kinesis, did machine learning models on it. And we were able to tell when the scooter was on a sidewalk through the consistent vibrations of the different parts of the sidewalk versus when it was on the road or grass. And if it was on the sidewalk, it would have a governor that would shut the scooter down. Another innovation we did was with traffic cameras and using computer vision models on SageMaker to analyze frame by frame of the traffic cameras and be able to detect the difference between a scooter and a car and a pedestrian, as well as detecting if the scooter was on the road or on the sidewalk and then be able to count it. So we could see the effects of the innovations uh, with numerical data, which before was more anecdotal or manual, manual tracking. So that's all done on the cloud now, which is great. The ASU kick has worked in the civic tech arena. They're working on creating a homeless shelter data platform to connect. It's called human services campuses. And they have 20 plus shelters in the greater Phoenix area. And they're creating a data platform to create networking across them so they have a better understanding of the resources available and the programs available to homeless people. We've had a similar engagement in France in Sciences Po you know, one of the trends we've seen is the citizen engagement portals, especially to connect social services to rural areas. So one with the Sciences Po Public Innovation Lab, a group of students created this engagement portal where 
if you lived in a rural region, you didn't always have to go into the office or wait in line. You could start signing up for case management or get notified of the status of your inquiries and be able to sign up with certain case managers and actually make the appointments online. You may not think that's complete innovation to to the world at large, but for that rural region in France, it's changing how they engage with the government, which is great. And then also in Navajo County in Arizona, also another case management type of system, but more focused on workforce development and doing better matchmaking between the available government programs and partners with the citizens that are needing help. So those are a couple of the you know current innovation challenges. We have some future projects that we're looking into, especially with RMIT University and cybersecurity. Um, we're looking into various downstream effects of COVID-19. But before I get to the downstream effects, I'll talk about maybe one specific COVID-19 innovation challenge. So we've had to update how we've done innovation challenges. The kick that we launched the first of the year was at the University of British Columbia called Community Health and Wellbeing. And so they were focused on healthcare-related innovation challenges in the very first challenge. So we opened up that in the uh, end of January and February hit. COVID hit, became more of a mass pandemic in the late February timeframe. And so we worked with a couple of challenge sponsors in the area, Vancouver General Hospital and a research institute there. And what we did was the UBC KICK team worked with over 100 radiologists and medical students to review CT scans and chest x-rays of both COVID and non-COVID-19 patients from thousands of patients around the world, Saudi Arabia, Korea, Canada, and worked with the experts and the expert radiologists to mark up the images and train machine learning models. And they created multiple ML models, and then they posted that on the UBC website. But it's essentially supposed to, it's designed to to better detect and to diagnose uh, COVID-19 in patients based on this model. And they're actually creating 3D models of lungs to kind of show how COVID attaches to the lungs. So if you're interested in learning more about that challenge, that's um, at the UBC KICK website, cic.ubc.ca. And one last one, it's just a high level at, for now. We'll publish it soon, but we're looking at how we're looking ahead downstream of COVID. So COVID, the actual disease, plus now what are the impacts to society? So we're working in Arizona to help eviction prevention and utilities payment assistance because we see that coming around where people are losing jobs, they're not able to make their rent payments or their utility payments. And so how can we connect with the CARES Act and, and the federal funding and align it and provide better matchmaking to the citizens that need it the most during those times? That's tremendous. And so what does success look like for the kicks and, and how do you see the program sort of changing and evolving over the next few years? Yes, I have a lot of different visions, but maybe most importantly, I'm really excited to see how these challenges advanced. I've been impressed with the ingenuity of the various kicks. So we have eight kicks around the world, eight teams. Then we're working with hundreds of students or over 400 students at this point concurrently across the eight kicks, as well as faculty, professors, and the university administration. So when we launch these kicks, it's the presidents of the universities that are that are part of this. This is a strategic part of the innovation agenda of our kick sponsors. And so I am really looking forward to seeing how the ingenuity converts into 
public sector organizations adopting the solutions to these big problems. And, you know, if I was putting a number around it, I would love to see a solution adopted by 15, 20, 30 different public sector organizations. Because when we choose a an innovation challenge. I didn't mention it previously, but we do want to look at the efficacy of repeatability. So yes, we want to open source it, but we hope to work on challenges that we think public sector institutions all around the world have a similar problem. Like the scooter challenge, uh, that's going to be a problem in almost any major metropolitan city with scooters, for instance, in COVID, right? Global pandemic. You know, from a program perspective, I would like to see more kicks. You know, that's not the metric I really try to drive for, but I would love to see more public sector institutions beyond universities, such as nonprofit or a healthcare organization, city, federal, international government, or an NGO, see the kick as a program to establish a, a culture of innovation or a way to accelerate innovation. And then the last piece, we talked about the upskilling of students. I would like to see a more digital and cloud savvy workforce in the public sector as a result of the impact of our program. So there's some visions from the program and you know I can only imagine what the next five years will bring if we keep the trajectory going. It's an exciting way to transfer, I should say, many domains. And so if listeners have an idea for a challenge or, or want to see if one's in, currently in development, how do they go find that out? Yes, well, I guess the easiest way to do it is to go to our website And it's a simple URL that redirects to a much longer one, but aws.amazon.com slash CIC slash kick. You go there, it'll recap a lot of what I said on the webpage, and there's links to each of our eight kicks. And if you're interested in an innovation challenge, either to a specific kick, especially if one's closer to you, you can click on that link. It will take you to that kick website and it's our customer's website. So the kicks are our customers and they'll each have submission challenge submission forms. Or if you're not sure and you have a general challenge idea, uh, you can email us at WWPS for Worldwide Public Sector. So WWPS-CIC at Amazon.com and just send us an email about what you're trying to solve and maybe we can see if a specific kick would want to take that on. So each kick has their own priorities like we talked about, of course, so we can't guarantee that it'll be accepted. But those are areas where you can learn about some of the challenges. And then, by the way, each of the challenges that we post are open source. So you'll be able to see the post And maybe I didn't talk about when we post a challenge, what do you actually see? And I'll just bring that up. Yeah. One is a blog post. So we do a blog post that kind of describes the problem, the opportunity, who the challenge sponsor was. And then we talk a little bit about our working backwards process. And for those who don't know about Amazon's working backwards process, we write a press release for every new idea. So when we think about AWS, Echo, Prime, Amazon, uh, innovations, we write a press release and a frequently asked questions document. It's our working backwards approach to innovation. We provide that at a kick. And when we post an innovation challenge, we post the press release, the FAQs, and we also do visualizations or storyboarding. And so we post those out so we can share what was the customer thinking and what was their problem when they were solving for this. So it's more than just like a GitHub repository. We have that too. But It is the context, it's the pain points, it's the problem. And what we really try to entice 
is other public sector leaders seeing that challenge opportunity and say, okay, I have that same problem. I know exactly what they're going through because I can read their problem statements. I can read the FAQs. And so we publish all of that online and we don't wait before it's a perfect product. None of them are, they're all prototypes. So we try to publish often and iteratively. And that's also going along this culture of innovation of iteration and not trying to wait for perfect before you post. And so sometimes some of the press releases are in draft mode, but then we we repost them when we uh, we iterate on them. Yeah, I think that again, that experimentation is important. So perfection is the enemy of done. <laughs> right. Yes. Or you'll you'll wait a year before you get it posted. Exactly. Hey Ben, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast and telling us about the kicks. Yes, thank you, Simon. Thank you for having me on the show to talk about the program. I love to come back or have someone on my team come back and give you an update on progress at the kicks or go deeper on an innovation challenge. And so I appreciate your time. And then I I look forward to anyone um, that's listening to the podcast to go visit us at aws.amazon.com slash CIC. Absolutely. And thanks again for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.